we pray to Ganeshji to remove obstacles. He is known as the remover of obstacles. And he's known as the God of wisdom and knowledge. There's so many other beautiful symbolic aspects of what different parts of him mean, but I want to stay focused just on these two right now. Because for most of the time and for most of us, when we, when we pray for obstacles to be removed, it's some obstacle outside that we think we have. Oh God, please just take care of this person. That person should just stop trying to steal my job. Or, oh God, take care of this problem. Take care of that problem. Take care of this hurdle. And the fact that we have the divine remover of obstacles as the same one who is the God of wisdom, God of knowledge, what it really brings home is that it is wisdom and it is knowledge that removes our obstacles. Which leads us to realize that it's our own ignorance, our own lack of wisdom and knowledge that creates the obstacles or that makes them obstacles. Not that we've put the boulder in the road, not that we've put that person there, but that has turned whatever the situation is from just being a situation to being an obstacle. And this is what we do so frequently and it's a really beautiful and auspicious time as we're celebrating Ganeshji. So we're dancing and singing and worshiping Ganeshji and people's homes are now filled with Ganeshji to really ask ourselves, what ignorance is it in me that creates obstacles? What area is it in my life that seems like an obstacle? But if I were able to perhaps look at it with wisdom, I would realize it wasn't. I would realize it was just a situation. That which makes something an obstacle, of course, is when we want it out of the way. I mean, literally, an obstacle on our path. This thing is blocking me. This thing is in the road. Can't go over it, can't go under it, can't go left, can't go right, I'm stuck. So whether it's something in another person, whether it's something in the external, external situation, to us it has become a block on the path. And what's really important is to ask ourselves, well, if, if we didn't see it through those eyes, and we were able to look at it with a little bit more wisdom. What might it look like? And of course, the situations are different for all of us. But that which makes something an obstacle usually is our own ego. It's our ego that says, I want it to be this way. It must be this path right here, right where the boulder is. That's, that's where I want to go. 
sure, it's clear this way, it's clear that way, but I don't want to go this way. I don't want to go that way. I want to go this way. I'm supposed to go this way. Where the boulder is. So it's the first piece is it's our ego that's decided this is exactly where I need to go. Where the obstacle is is where I need to go. And it's our ego that has made us see it as something that can't be removed. Because a very physical boulder in the road, of course, is going to require strength in our arms. But that's not what most of our obstacles are. Most of the obstacles in our life are stuff in our own mind. And the things even that are outside, the obstacle is how I'm seeing it. And so at this time, it's really beautiful to just pray to Ganeshji for that wisdom, for that knowledge that does remove the obstacles. It's not like, it's, it's not a coincidence, shall we say, that he happens to be the remover of obstacles and also happens to be the Lord of wisdom, of knowledge. It's not that over here he's raised, you know, waving a magic wand to remove your obstacles and this is all separate. No, the remover of obstacles is that wisdom, is that knowledge. And so I wanted just to begin by re-emphasizing that because it's so easy to feel like this obstacle is here because of my stars or this obstacle is here and I can't do anything about it and it's sitting in my road and I need someone, Lord Ganeshji ideally, to just wave a magic wand and get this thing or this person, or this situation, or this moment, just move it, change it. And actually that which changes things is how we see it. I was reading a book a couple of days ago about the, the neuroscience and the quantum physics of the power of our thought and the power of our intentions. But in it, I won't go into that, I could do that all night. But in it, it was speaking about something that I knew, but she gave it in even more detail, which is what quantum physics is now calling the observer effect. Now, a 30-second history of this. There was a very long period of time in which we were told that things were either particles or waves. So physics was broken down into it's either a particle or it's a wave. It's light, it's sound, it's energy, it's a wave, it's matter, it's particle. And then we reached a point in which physicists started to realize, huh, well that's interesting. This thing which used to be a particle seems to have now become a wave. And this thing which seemed to which used to be a wave, now has become a particle. And we went through a period in physics in which they were telling us, well, actually, particles can change into waves, and waves can turn into particles. But now, they're at a point, and this is for me what is just so exciting from a, a spiritual perspective, is that which determines whether something is a particle or a wave has to do with who's looking at it. 
And this is what they call the observer effect. And they've now gotten to the point of even starting to suggest that the stuff in the universe, the micro, micro, micro stuff of the universe, nano, nano, I guess you should say, stuff of the universe, is neither a particle nor a wave, nor is anything, until enough people look at it and see it, and then it starts to coalesce. And based on how they see it, what it coalesces into changes. And that's about the extent of my quantum physics knowledge. But just that much is so exciting because what it makes us realize is, wow, here the saints and the sages have told us for thousands of years, you create your own world. It's been a bit co-opted by the new age movement these days and a little bit warped. And so most of us look at it the way it's currently being taught and say, mm, I don't quite think so. But when you get back to the real basics of it, when you get back to the fundamental aspects of spirituality and the fundamental science, what you realize is, wow, we too. Not quite in the way that the New Age world is telling us that if I just meditate on money, I'm going to open my eyes and there's going to be a mound of money. I'm going to somehow manifest a pile of money. But that, that actually, that which is going on in our, in our minds, in our thoughts, is actually creating the world around us from as basic a level as, is it a particle, is it a wave? to how fast and how well leaves are growing, to all of that, which is moving and changing in the natural world. And so we start to recognize and realize the power of the mind. And so if in my mind something is an obstacle, if in my mind something needs to be moved, this is the problem, well, it's going to become the problem. So when people say it's all in your mind, that's not actually true because I've actually taken it from my mind and created it. I've now brought it into being as an obstacle. But just as I've done that, so I have the power to see it differently. So I have the power to change that, anything. I mean, literally, the science is full of stuff, not only the stuff that we would understand, you know, change the, the person you love who's next to you, not even just things that are alive, not even just plants and animals, immune system cells, but even, even mechanics. They did a study where they took a random number generator, a machine, an electrical machine that randomly generates either zeros or ones. Do a hundred of them, or do, say, a hundred thousand of them, because you have to have a big enough sample. Do a hundred thousand of them. You're going to get 50,000 zeros and 50,000 ones. That's how the machine generates them. But when they actually took people and had them sit and absolutely envision 
very strongly with lots of focus, either a zero or a one, they actually were able, in a statistically significant way, in a way that cannot be written off by chance, to change what number the machines gave off, that suddenly they started giving off, if we were all thinking zeros, instead of giving 50% zeros, 50% ones, wasn't that it would now give 100% zeros, but if we were all now thinking zeros, the percentage of zeros would increase over the percentage of ones in a statistically significant way. It no longer was random, it no longer was 50-50. Now, if the power of our, th our thought, they weren't touching the machines. In some cases, they weren't even near the machines. They were seeing just pictures of them. I mean, the science is phenomenally exciting. And this is stuff coming out of places like Princeton. Like Ivy League universities in America. It's not coming out of just places named, you know, paranormal institute of some city you've never heard of. But top-notch universities. And so when we think really about obstacles in our life and we feel so stuck by them, whether they're things in the present or things in the past, almost always that which has us stuck in the present is from the past anyway. We've brought in those patterns. But we really have the power to change them by the power of thought. But what they found was that it had to be focused thought. It had to be people who were able to really meditate and focus and have a, a concentrated intention. And so the groups, for example, who were best able to make it happen were groups who were already meditators. They could train others, but they had to go through a little bit of a training period because as we know, most of us, when we sit down to meditate or think about anything, our mind wanders. So all it required to work was the ability to really focus. 10 minutes, that was it. All of these studies, 10 minutes. If for 10 minutes you can hold a focused intention, it's not me, it's not the scriptures, it's now science telling us this has the power to change everything. And so obstacles become challenges. Instead of being something that it's a matter of who's going to remove this for me, it becomes a matter of how can I see it differently? How can I use the power that I have? Not, you know, psychokinesis, can I get it out of the road? Can I make the, the rock levitate and, you know, move back up the mountain? But can I use the power of my thought? to help me recognize it's no longer an obstacle? Can I use the power of my focus, of my intention, of my thought to see freedom and opportunity and other paths in this situation? If this one is blocked, well, there must be others. 
And that's the power we have. So at this time of Ganesh Chaturthi, as we look on obstacles we have that we want Ganeshji to remove, well, okay, fortunately we have Ganeshji. By all means, pray to him, love him. But rather than just praying for him to do the magic wand thing, if we pray to him for the, that wisdom, that intelligence, to really help us, then instead of our life just being one obstacle after another, obstacle after another, we'll suddenly actually really be able to see, to see the path.